0: Up bed and all hope listeners, you're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi folks, old man Grognard, Glenn Hallstrom here, and it's a nice Memorial Day. Just finished having some toaster waffles with syrup, there goes my blood sugar. But hey, it's the holidays, you know a holiday. Week away from North Texas. Excited. And I hope everybody is doing well. I want to talk something about, I wanted to talk about acting in role-playing games. Now, let me start off by saying, I know this isn't for everyone, player and DM alike, because this applies to, I'm going to be talking mostly about DMing because that's what I do now. I see myself as a a GM, a DM. But this is also applicable to the other side of the screen with the players, because the players have a character too, and they can benefit from this, I think. But it's not for everyone. I've seen, I've played in games with DMs where they don't do any of this, and they run a really good game. I really had fun. So this is kind of optional. This is just the way I approach it. Now, acting behind the screen is. It, it, it takes a little finesse and tweaking on the acting part for that. And I'll get into that. Now, I know DMs, GMs, are going to be playing a, a wide variety of characters. In a way, the player has it easy. They got one character, you've got a whole supporting cast to deal with. Plus the world. So, acting behind the screen. And also, you don't have much movement, but I'll get to that later. Acting behind the screen, um, I'm not going to say you have to be schizophrenic, but it helps. I love it because I get to play a whole bunch of characters. And that's a lot of fun. Because I found out when I'm a player, I can get a little bored with just the one character... So, as a DM, I get to play a whole bunch of characters and I don't get bored. Now, here's the main principle about acting. It's been said, acting is reacting. It's not so much what you're saying, although that's a big part of it, as how you react to other characters because that shows them you're listening. Same with players. So, say the DM gets the ball rolling and describes a room in a dungeon. Oh, it's dark and dank and it's this and you find a brigand looting the room. Now, the brigand's going to have a certain personality and as the PTs come in and say they don't want to fight him right away, okay? No, co- Not combat night right away, but they want to parlay with him want to talk to him. So, the characters will either say something or the brigand will say something or react a certain way. What if they walk in the room, they got surprise on him, he jumps. Oh, oh, I didn't know I was, I, I thought I was alone. You know, that that's a reaction right there. And They're saying, what are you doing? And you don't start thinking, well, well, how should I, how should I do this? No, you just, you react. You think about how you react and react. It, it it comes it, what if you start doing it, it gets easier as you go because you know the, the personality they bring If you didn't have a personality, make one up right there on the spot you know i've had I've had nPCs come out of my head fully formed and on in um like a couple seconds notice I didn't even know it was gonna be that way, but now this guy's this way okay, it always starts out in my head wouldn't it be fun? Would not it be fun to have this guy be like this? And I would make him like that. That's the kind of thing you do if you don't have anything written down. If you don't have anything prepped beforehand about how the create the NPC is going to react. So they start talking, and you react to them like, say, "What are you doing?" And he just he gets nervous. And blah, 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 blah. I, I, I'm just I'm just I'm just casing that I'm just looking around. You know, I just I found this hole in the ground, and I just thought I'd look around. Is it and there and there and, they're, and then they're reacting. Yeah, right. What are you really doing here? Nothing, nothing. And and pretty soon you have a conversation going. You have role-playing going. It's a back and forth. Because that's the whole thing. It flows from the DM to the players and back again. And that is kind of what you have to do in acting because acting is reacting. There's also the part about staying in character, which doesn't apply as much to role-playing games on the DM side, because he has to play a lot of characters. That's why I say it helps to be schizophrenic, or Robin Williams. But, how shall I put it? It's like, like I said, you're playing a cast of characters, okay? You could stay in character in the moment you have to break out i know to do dm duties and on a player's side they have to break out and you know you tell them to do something like he'll be he'll be i, I was no seriously i just found this hole the ground and i'm coming down out here Then you have to break out um making a fighter make an intelligence roll and do it i mean it's it's easy to jump back you know go out and into character for me it should be easy for you too jumping in and out of character and if you got to deal with more than one character in a scene, then you have to jump into character every once in a while for this, that, and the other thing. But focus here here's a tip. Focus on one character at a time in the scene. Take a breath. Don't get, you know, nervous or anything. Don't 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 get nervous. <laughs> and it'll it'll come. If it's more than one scene, I usually have, like, I pick a character who's going to be the main talker and do with that, with the occasional um, input from one of the other characters. Um, When I play Gangbusters, it's easy because I'm usually playing the other side of the tracks, the bad guys like this last scenario i play tested i had the the big bad and his henchmen and of course the henchmen aren't going to talk unless they don't speak until spoken to so you got the main guy you're really dealing with you know every once in a while you can have him say something and he'll say ain't that right Rocco? yeah that's right that kind of thing also i know you have limited movement behind the screen or at the table for that matter So, you can't go into full-blown character, you know, moving around. I mean, you can. I've seen people like Matt Finch do it. You can do that, but you got to be aware of your space. Saying that, it's okay if you, like, use hand gestures or indicate the way the person's acting and stuff starts acting nervous or being forceful or something like that. And you do have a little limited move. If you want to stand up and walk around behind the screen, that's fine. I ain't going to stop you. And it's just a way of doing it. I mean, I've had players do that. I, I ran a gangbusters game where the uh, cops and the Prohibition agents found, got this... Uh, guy, they had a car chase and the main guy got got taken into headquarters for questioning, I had the Prohibition, the Prohibition agent came behind the screen, which is usually a no-no as far as I'm concerned, but I let him because he came behind the screen to lean on the perp. He didn't look at any any of my notes or something. He was concentrated on me as the perp and it was great role-playing. Somewhere I have a picture of that, um, my friend Mike, the late Mike, I'm, he's gone now, but him leaning on the table, just like giving him the third degree. If we could have done it, we would turn the lights out and just have a single spotlight shining on me. <laughs> like they're trying to interrogate me the old fashioned way. So you do have some movement behind the screen. That's good. Props, props. Okay. Doesn't hurt to have it. You, as a DM player, you probably know about props. You know, um, uh, a map that someone finds, and he puts out the map. A letter or something like, say, to culture through You get a letter from your, from your long lost cousin. Boom! There's the letter. Read it. That kind of thing. Not wrong to have. I got a box of props now for my Game Buster schemes. I got a box of props. I got fake cigarettes, fake cigars, a uh, couple pairs of glasses, some fake mustaches. And I even got a roll of electrical tape in there and an X-Acto knife. I want to cut my own mustache or something. <laughs> or slip my wrist if the games are going real bad. But anyway, I, I have a box of props now, so I'm happy. And I also use, like, hats. If I have hats, I'll use hats. I do have a couple of fedoras and a fez that I can use. And so, I use those... And that helps. That's not necessary, but it helps. And if you have a hard time coming up with like NPC characters on the spur of the moment, or even when you're prepping, a lot of people like to to do the old game of, okay, this guy is based on this famous person. Usually like a TV or movie actor or something like that. Well, do him. Do him at the table. Or at least... You can try and do them. Uh, Impressions, to me, are okay. It helps to get in the character, it helps the players get in the character, and it helps the game. It really does. Here's a tip I give for, for people who want to do impressions. I tell them to go to the source. Okay. Everybody, to me, has at least a couple of impressions in them. For favorite actor, favorite radio personality, favorite TV star, whatever. I happen to have a whole bunch of them. But, here's what I do. Say, take a standard impression of Boris Karloff. Okay, everybody knows the Boris Karloff voice like this. Go back, watch some of the movies... Don't do an impressions impression because it's like a bad Xerox. Go back and watch a couple of the movies and get his voice down. You'll notice it's not always up here like this. It's, It's very soft and he's got a slight lisp. Some people like to push the lisp. But he's got a very small list, and he can, he can really scare you if you want another one. Peter Lorre. Everybody does Peter Lorre like these, like these, and that's good for a caricature of an impression. But go back and watch, go back and watch his films. Watch The Maltese Falcon. Watch Beat the Devil. Watch you know, watch some of the Corman post stuff he did with Vincent Price. There's another good voice, Vincent Price. That's a hard one to do though, and. And listen, and listen to—he doesn't. He's all not. He's not intense like this all the time. He has. He is very relaxed, and sometimes he slurs his words, and he talks like this, you know, Rick, you know, and he can get a text, Rick, Rick, hide me, hide me, you know, that kind of thing. And th- so you get the sense of what the person's real voice sounds like. Now, if you want to caricature that. You could do it. I think uh um one of the guy the guy one of the guys in the Simpsons uh says his all his Simpsons voices are bad impressions of other personalities. I can't think of the guy's name right now. It's bad impressions of other, other of other personalities, like uh, Chief Wiggum is a bad impression of Edward G. Robinson. That's what he said. So do with it what you will, but go back to the source. And as far as Let's While I'm doing impressions, I I'm, also should probably talk about accents. Okay. There is more than an Irish accent or a Scottish accent for a dwarf. Or any character for that matter. Not that I don't use them. But I used to play a Russian dwarf. That was interesting. Go on YouTube there are videos on accents and how to do accents it would behoove you to go on there and watch watch them and pick up some pointers because if you can get something other than the standard you know irish english british scottish accent it would be nice that would be a nice thing like just the aforementioned peter laure he was hungarian that's why you get that accent in his voice he was Hungarian. And there's nothing wrong doing Hungarian, even though you kind of, even though when I do it, I kind of sound like Bela Lugosi, which is not a bad thing. Like my Russian accent. A lot of people think I'm doing Boris Badnov. No, I'm doing a Russian accent. You know, they keep expecting Moose and Squirtle to show up in the game. But no, I'm just, I'm just doing an accent, and that's the way it comes out. And there are, there are certain subtleties accent. If you want to find a standard accent for a certain region, like, say, a British accent. I have two of them. I have upper class, and then I've got these guys down here, you know, the lower class. And I know there's regional accents in in England, just like there's regional accents in America. But for role-playing purposes, those will do. And as far as American accents go, the more regional accents you can find will improve the game, I think, if you're going to go this route with the acting thing, because you you if you think about it, there's a lot, a lot of regional accents in the United States. I if I, if I, I just want to do something down south I do like this. If I wanna do Texas, I just harden it up a bit, that kind of thing. Uh you go up Midwest, oh yeah, you get closer to Canada, you start studying like this, you know. You know, you got the you got the nor the Norwegian, you know, stock mixed with the Canada. Canada is a little, little more laid back, And that kind of thing, and of course my standard New York accent, which also doubles, can be doubled as a Jersey accent, if you don't listen too hard. And you can go all oh, the hardest one I I try to do, hardest one I try to do is is Cajun, Cajun because you got the you got to mix in a little French with that, you know, Moline, yeah, yeah, you down the swamp, you go there. You know, you get you stick it back in the throat here, and you go down there. And you say, hey, you want to come here? Yeah, you kick, he you your butt. You know that kind of thing. So it kind of slips, but and try not to slip. I slipped once in a while. It's like, why, wait, 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 where am I? And also, it's easier. It's easy for you to slip from one accent into another after a while. And I've had players call me on this, and I'm going, oh, oh, no, hell, sorry. <laughs> So, anyway, that's my talk on acting and role-playing games. Now, the next time we meet, I want to talk about adap- adapting movies to role-playing games. Now, I know i in the past I felt like I've been poo-pooed about that by the older grog nerds of myself, but what the hell? We'll get into that next time we talk. Anyway, it's about time for me to go. So, you guys keep the dice warm. I hope you have a great Memorial Day, and uh, we'll talk at you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air.